This is an out loud reading of one of our latest YouTube videos. To find us, go to youtube.com slash redditreaders or click the link in the description below. Thank you so much for listening. Hey everyone, welcome back to another post from r slash pro revenge, the subreddit where people post their stories of expert revenge. Today's post, help destroy my trust and humanity? I'll put you on the news. Once upon a time, I'm almost 49 now, but I had an extremely close friend, Mindy. Hell, she was not just my friend, she was like my sister. We met in grade school. She pursued my friendship, always tried to sit next to me, always wanting to talk. Over the years, we would spend lots of time at each other's houses, but by the time we were 19, my house was our meeting place because she had extremely bad family trouble. My parents kind of informally took her in because they sympathized with her situation. I always tried to make her feel like she belonged and avoided luxurious stuff if she could not afford it. You know, expensive shows, nice clothes she might like but couldn't wear. Other times, I just gave her some stuff from my closet. She was nice, outspoken, and made me feel like I had the most loyal friend on the planet. The years go by. I'm fresh out of college and got a nice job. Mindy's life has improved. She had her own place and a 9 to 5 very reliable job. By then, we had a group of friends, all young professionals trying to make our way. I remember that time in my life as bittersweet. We would often reminisce of our college days, and because this happened in the 90s, there was no social networks, no texting. If you wanted to get in touch, you had to exchange phone numbers or emails. Now it's fairly easier. So exchanging old stories glued us together as we wondered how things worked out for friends we may never see again. Gatherings and get-togethers happened in my apartment. I loved that place. It was spacious, still half empty because I was careful not to throw too much money into decoration. Around those days, Mindy began to look sickly and quite not herself. I was worried and loved her to death. She had been there for me. Especially when my fiancé broke up with me for no reason. I guess we now call it ghosting. He was the first man I ever truly loved. I was never able to get him to express his love like I did, but I accepted him for who he was. He had some cold stages, which left me wanting, but I thought I could manage. Basically, I was settling for being bread-crumbled. He was gorgeous, successful, and protective. So when he proposed, I was on cloud nine and decided to ignore the negatives. I had saved a lot of money for a wedding. To be fair, he did the same in a separate banking account. Things came to an end when all of a sudden, he broke up with me. He told me he did not want to get married and did not love me nor wanted any type of relationship. He let me keep the money from our joint account plus some of the things at the apartment, a workout bench, clothing, pretty much everything. This had a bad effect on me. I felt like he despised me and wanted to cut ties no matter the cost. Invitations had not been issued, so calling off the engagement was not such an ordeal. Mindy was there for me, listening to my pain, my rants, and endless sobbing. I lost so much weight I was embarrassed to be seen out on the street. She had a boyfriend, George and he was awesome about letting me crash at their place whenever anguish and pain hit me hard. They both cut ties with my ex. I had made so many life-altering decisions for him, 
only to be left in the dark. Mindy and George sat me down and disclosed that my ex was seeing someone else. I remember the shock and emotional pain. My heart was racing and I ran to the bathroom because the bad news made me throw up. I never understood how my ex treated me like that. Those Christmases were so bad. I would sit in my living room, staring at the wall. Mindy and Jord had helped me set up a very 90s posh concept Christmas tree to cheer me up. Only white lights, a few golden ornaments, and a natural pine. I was so depressed, the tree stayed put until next spring. By summer, Mindy broke some devastating news. She was terminally ill. I was so angry, she didn't deserve this. Her diagnosis was grim. So bad that George proposed earlier than he had planned because he wanted to live in the moment. She had always dreamed of a huge wedding. It was her obsession. We would go into bridal shops and try on as many dresses as possible when we were both teenagers. The wedding of her dreams was now out of the question. Her family would not pitch in. She left their home on very bad terms and George could not pay it on his own. George was now barely out of medical school and up to his neck in debt. I decided to pay for her wedding. It would be a small event, but I would make sure the decorations and her dress were as dreamy as she always wanted. I still had the money I had saved for my wedding, and as financially risky or stupid as it may have sounded back then, I was sure those final days with Mindy would be worth gold when she was gone. Her illness made me realize there are worse things in this life other than being unceremoniously dumped by my ex. I threw myself into it. I was so happy and hopeful as Mindy was able to go to her chemo sessions by herself without becoming too sick. She also looked much better than other patients. Our group of friends also helped her a lot. There was not a day when someone would not bring her groceries or help pay for a random utility bill as she was now out of work. I had initially offered to help her set up a better health insurance plan, but she declined. Pay attention to this, more on that later. So I decided not to intrude and give her the fairy tale wedding, or as close to it as I could, that she wanted. She had picked a nice rental dress and tiara. The florist was to accommodate her taste and create an indoor garden. The venue would be my apartment. The baker had been retained for a six-tier wedding cake. There would be 35 people with tables, an aisle, and a musician to play some music. We could not do the loud disc jockey thing. Now, back to the insurance issue. My first job was as a junior sales executive for a health insurance company. There was a legal dispute against another insurer, and I was called in by the court to be a witness. As I was getting cleared to enter the building, I saw my ex. My stomach churned. I immediately thought, courtroom wedding. By the time I reached for the elevator, he had already vanished. That messed up my day. I relived the lack of closure all over again. I could not let it go. I contacted a good friend who I knew was doing her law internship there at the court district. She helped me by checking any legal records regarding my ex. No court wedding. I was relieved. I know it sounds silly. But there was a fraud claim, and he was the plaintiff. I didn't make much of it. But it was strange. He was very smart, and getting screwed out of his money sounded too uncharacteristic. I still wanted to help Mindy and tried to set her up with a good insurance plan. 
I knew it was difficult given that companies treat terminal patients as money-dumping risks. I pleaded with my old boss, and he searched her name, but she was not in the company database. Maybe she was using a different insurer, but that was odd because she clearly told me what her insurance company was. I felt guilty because I was kind of snooping. Things were normal for a month until my friend at the courthouse broke some disgusting news. The defendant in my ex's lawsuit was my best friend, Mindy. She asked me if I knew anything about it. I had no idea or clue. She then disclosed that the case had become popular gossip among the courtroom clerks because my ex had fallen for a complicated Cupid scam. As it turned out, Mindy and my ex had an illicit love affair behind George's back and mine. It spanned a full year, and she was not out of work. She had been fired for embezzlement and larceny, stealing from an employer. I did know that she kept moving apartments, but I thought she had been trying to save on rent, so she kept looking for cheaper and cheaper places. She moved around towns in the same city. First, she took my ex's money for some investment, and she used her former employer's credibility for it. I never got too many details about it. Then, she got him to help her with medical bills and scammed him out of close to $20,000. Her illness was fake. I avoided her for a week. I hired a private investigator to help me get whatever I could, without much hope as their affair had ended. The PI managed to help me get some closure. His name was on her lease for a small studio. Everyone in the building thought they were a couple. It was their love nest, and it was two hours away. I never suspected anything. But apparently, he had been lying to me about his actual working hours. He had also helped cover for her car payment at least six times in a year. She had my ex as her sugar daddy. She had seen me cry, puke, curl on my bed, and had broken the news that he had someone else, herself. My ex seemed salty over the fact that she had chosen to stick with George, but it was simple math. My ex was very successful, but George, although not wealthy yet, had become a physician and was spoken for to start a small practice with a potential partner. She upped and left and cheated him out of money along the way. Apparently, my ex figured out she had been lying about her condition. The disgust, pain, and disappointment hit me fairly hard. But somehow, I had so heavily invested myself in helping her that I had emptied myself of any potential nerve-wrecking reaction. I was numb. I went straight to all the wedding vendors and canceled before it was too late to get my money back. I defunded her wedding. No cake, no dress, and no veil. I sat down with George on a Friday afternoon and offered him all evidence and proof. He cried, but at the end, admitted to feel painfully relieved. Yes, he loved her, but he had felt pressured to get married. He confessed to many red flags. She always went to her medical appointments by herself and became irritated if he asked too many questions. She had shown him some test results that were incredibly well-crafted, but now knowing what she had done, he thought the medical documents could be fake. He confirmed that the sneaky way, having his nurse ex-roommate run her name in the computer at where she claimed to be at her doctor's office, it was logical on her part as back then, a fairly small town had only one oncologist. 
We also suspected that she may have been having a new affair as she spent more and more weekends with all her girls' church camping group. She claimed it was her sanctuary and helped her a lot. It may have been a front. George and I accepted the fact that we had been cheated, taken advantage of, and emotionally destroyed by the same person. I personally felt a loss of innocence. Now I understood why she wanted to keep her wedding thing almost a secret. It may have been possible that making it public may have blown her cover, one way or the other. George and I decided to do what was right. I paid for a video tribute to my loyal friend and decided to send it to the local news as the heartwarming story of love and healing. It featured her in George's apartment compound on purpose so that everyone wanting to serve her court papers could find her. I did not want to see her and I made up excuses, but George had a hard time feigning happiness when she had returned from her camping trip. It was an agonizing week. The news weren't showing our positive note yet and we were sick with the waiting. It all blew up on a Tuesday morning. The news channel enthusiastically showcased our story with a collage and lots of information about her and how she was about to get married and had almost already beaten cancer. Dozens of ill-spoken haters popped from out of nowhere. As it turns out, this had been her second illness story. I never knew someone so close to me could lead such a scummy double life. My ex went straight to the channel and was interviewed. Oh man, it was pathetic. He poured his heart out about how crazy in love he had been and how she had only used him. I think by then he did not care if all our friends and families found out what he'd done. George confronted her with all the information. She denied it, then said it was a lapse of bad judgment. She moved out without too much drama. It took George over a decade to forgive himself for allowing someone to make him look so stupid as a person and as a physician. She left me voicemails with lots of excuses. I picked the phone only once and told her I had defunded and pulverized her wedding and that it was me who told George what was going on. I used a leveled voice to tell her to never call me again unless she wanted to find out how far I would go to see her pay for unlawful actions. I cried immediately after I hung up. It was so surreal. George and I slowly found normalcy, but it took some time. He dated a couple of girls here and there, but was not ready. I myself became just shut down. She avoided jail, I don't know how, even when our mutual friends filed petty claims for all the money they invested buying her stuff while she carried on her false pretenses. Eventually, I used the wedding money to partner with George and we opened a small clinic. Best decision ever! Over the years, George and I became best friends and grew closer. We got married some years ago and are proud parents to a happy family. Fun fact, I got a Facebook message from her seven years ago. She began very sweetly but then proceeded to blame me and accused her of stealing her man and her life. I blocked her. Fun fact too, I ran into my ex back in 2001. He apologized profusely. I accepted his apology and told him it all worked out as now I have a life with someone who truly deserves me. Back then, George and I had begun dating. Fun fact three, Mindy avoided doing time for her deeds back then, 
but was prosecuted for setting up crowdfunding for a fake cause and stealing from an elderly person. Edit. Thanks to all of you who have shown so much love and support. I had no idea this would gather so much attention. To the kind person who reached out thinking I'm depressed, thanks, but I'm not. This was way long ago, pre-1997. Mindy has become a common joke between me and my husband. Every time we do something crappy to each other, we use her name. Like, when he eats my ice cream of when I forget to get gas, we go, Really, Mindy? Or whenever we catch someone in a lie. It's all good. I hope Her Highness doesn't mind us using her name in vain if she ever finds out. And that's going to wrap up today's post. What a wild story. Let me know what you think about this one in the comments below. If you liked the video, please leave a like or a comment. It always helps us out a lot. And if you'd like to hear more and see more posts from r slash pro revenge and other subreddits when they come out on the channel, please subscribe. As always, thank you so much for watching and for listening. Hey everyone, we hope you're enjoying our readings of popular Reddit posts. We love providing this service so that you can listen to these podcasts to pass the time, to fall asleep to, or to be entertained while still staying safe on your commute to work. We love to have the freedom to cover even more posts, but the recording and editing is time-consuming work and doesn't pay the bills. If you feel you're getting regular value out of these episodes, please consider supporting us with a small monthly donation. You can donate easily by visiting anchor.fm slash reddit readers and clicking on support this podcast. Every little bit helps, even if it's just enough to cover our morning cup of coffee. As always, thank you so much for listening.